You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy! Continuing on our journey of the multiverse and the many ways in which we engage the seen and unseen realms, Itzhak Beery joins us to talk about his book, Life and Healing Work, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahashka Dreams, and Journeys to Other Realms, a Destiny 2015 release. Itzhak is founder of the shamanportal.org and co-founder of the New York Shamanic Circle, as we've learned from tribal elders, scholars, and practitioners of vision quests or psychonavigators, householders questing the divine and daily life, all that we do, shamanism shows us, is connected to everything else. And as Beery will share as a shamanic healer, one becomes aware of the symbols in our lives, the dreams that we have, the synchronicities that occur, the animals that we meet, the intuitions that we notice. These are all part of a wakefulness of the many energies that take shape as story around us. So I hope you'll join Itzhak Beery this hour as he shares his own walk on the path of multidimensional consciousness open to every person and learn more about his own initiations, his travels, his workshops on shamanic lineages, whose traditions inform his own healing practice today. And thank you so much for joining us, Itzhak. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I loved your book, and it was a thrill to read. How, <laughs> how would you describe what shamanism is? Why don't we start with the basic? Well, if uh, many people try to explain what shamanism is, but the truth is that it's very difficult to pinpoint in one word uh, what shamanism is. But it, it's, it's really a collective of uh, human experience uh, throughout um, human existence in the way of uh, relating to nature and relating to, um, to the spirit that is around us and our connection to all of it. Mm-hmm. And you grew up, I read, on a kibbutz in Israel, so obviously your connection to nature kind of um, precedes, I suppose one could call this life path. Uh, yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> the, um, the teaching from shamanism is really a, a close connection to nature. It's the observation of nature, of, uh, of the seasons, um, <clears throat> and the way we relate to it. And so I had... Uh, a real great fortune to um, be born in a in a place where nature was all around us, um, um, death and rebirth, and and um, the seasons and the flowers that are growing on the mountains and all the wild animals all around us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I've noticed that in general is that people who grew up in nature like I did, like you did, like many of our listeners did, you have a love and reverence for nature that makes um, sort of this trans-species telepathy accessible to you. Whereas if you grow up with this disconnection from nature, I don't know if your heart is is full of the um, empathy that is seems to be part of the, I guess, the facileness between species. Yes, and um, I think that... Uh, that's part of uh, the organization of, um, of of our of our culture in many ways. Uh, <clears throat> as we as we get uh, as we most more of us live in uh, in cities uh, disconnected from nature, it's all our relation to uh, to to the universe all around us, and I think that it's a uh, part of responsibility of parents to uh, give that gift to 
their children is to take them out to um, have them grow uh, touching trees and and um, and and being in nature, not protected uh, from it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another thing in childhood that I often think about that's kind of being eviscerated from um, valuing in the educational system, which is the imagination. And um, in prophecy, you know, imagination, courage, and humility are like the three components of prophecy in ancient Judaism. And and it's really true in terms of being able to see. So I I loved the the thing you wrote in your book, The Gift of Shamanism, when people try to describe or articulate. Well, how do you see? Like, how do we see these things that aren't physical, but we see? And I think part of that's the imagination of being able to hold images. What do you think? Um. Yes, and you know, um, there are different way of seeing. Uh, there, are, there are people who have a gift of seeing um, visually um, in, in a way that it's almost um, what they see in this world can can be seen in the other world. And some people have a different way of of uh, express or expressing it. it, it could be by knowing, by feelings, by um, just like getting messages from the unseen world. But in the shamanic tradition, um, everything in, in our universe is energy, and that energy is can be obtained by our brain or by our or by our heart. And um, in in a way, we we are born with that uh, ability, each of us, uh, it's not something that is a gift for just a few. Uh, we all have dreams, we all have deja vus, we all have experiences that we cannot explain. And uh, children, when they are, they are still young, they, they, uh, they live in this imaginary world um, very naturally. But as we grow old and we develop our... Um, the do's and don'ts of the society, we, many of us uh, learn to hide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are afraid to, to express it. No so question. Really, this book is about allowing people to go back to people in their families and in their communities and say, hey, you know, I have that, this experience and, and it's valid. And you describe a lot of things that, you know, we now know in our program almost 30 years now has been covering the new paradigm. So we've looked at what quantum mechanics has brought to shamanism, what shamanism has brought to the laboratory, sort of what the non-local capacity of every human of not being constrained by time and space. So, but it's a very particular calling to be called to shamanism as a... um, life practice. What what happened in your life that brought you to, I, I read that you, you know, worked a little bit with Michael Harner and John Perkins, who's joined us a number of occasions. Yes. What was it in your life that said, yeah, hey, hey buddy, this is what you got to do next? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the, the truth is that I never really wanted to be a shaman, or I never really felt that I have this gift, or I, I didn't even know until I was in my 40s, that I actually have that gift at all uh, or have that calling. But, you know, it, it was a series of events that started when I was kind of like scrapping the, uh, the middle age crisis. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a 
I was doing advertising. Uh, I had my own company, and we won quite a few awards. And and I was successful in in what I did. I was an artist. That I, you know, so I had a, I had career. I had a family and children, and and I felt that just something is missing. Something is. It's, this is not all. That cannot be it all. And I was. I didn't really know what would be the next thing. And so I got into like. Um, Mild depression, I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not knowing. And um, then I read a book and, and by Hank Wasserman, and I kind of like got a few answers to that, and that really piqued my, my curiosity. And then I went to a Michael Harness workshop, and I found that I can see that I, that, and what I see is actually something that is relevant to other people's life. And that really was kind of shocked me because I, I never thought that I have this gift. And um, then I realized that that the life that I was doubting is the the life that I was living in maybe maybe one dimension, not not in, not fully. And when I went to the Amazon and to the Andes and I worked with the shamans there. Um, it really opened my head into, and my heart too, to um, to these different phenomena, and I started to see that the world is way bigger than what I expected. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because for people who haven't um, sort of decided to cultivate these talents, and they listen to programs like this, and they've been listening a long time. I always encourage people, you know, your hunches, your intuition, your dreams, your synchronicities. These are all parts of what we're talking about when we speak to these um, sort of non-local capacities. The late Ingo Swan used to call them biomind superpowers. And I think one of the really amazing things, and what I like so much about your book, Itzhak, is that you um, shared your stories in a very personal way. Some are shared, you know, in other books. It's Some books are very academic. Some are very sort of, um, what's the right word, at a distance. Yeah. And, and your book, in addition to your private stories and your beautiful watercolors, I, I liked the way you put this together as an anthology of your own journeying. And I thought maybe we could give the audience of an example of how, for instance, when you see, when you say, oh, wow, I discovered I could see, like you told these beautiful stories. There was one woman um, you mentioned whose name right at the moment escapes me, but she had put an envelope down with some money in it. And I think she was in Israel. And she called you in New York. Describe to us what happened, because I think our audience will connect with this because we've done dowsing, <laughs> remote viewing. and <laughs> Yeah. Well, part of it is, um, part of what I wrote about is uh, remote viewing, because um, uh, these are phenomena that people sometimes dismiss, you know, that, that they have this hunch that something is there and they are afraid to say and so I had uh, quite a few experiences where I was on the phone with some people, and they asked me for help, and um, I just closed my eyes and asked my spirit guides or power animals to come and help me to find the answer to these people's questions. And I see images, and I, I see it like in a movie, like in a, like a, like I see you, not 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 you, but I see people around. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. No, I understand. And, um, mm-hmm. 
so this story was was really nice because uh, it's a friend of mine who is very brainy and um, although she came to different workshops that I had um, she always doubted me and uh, always asked me to explain to her how, how I do it if it's real or if it's just something that it happened or it's just a coincidence and so she in a, in a, in a moment of distress uh, she called me and asked me if I know where the money is. Well, it turned out that I was seeing this bag in the back of her car, and uh, there was an envelope there. And I was asking her about it, and at the beginning she, she refused to say that it was true. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, it's, it's curious. I, I wanted to ask you about this in particular because I also can see, and many of our guests who come on the program are also seers of their own variety. Um, So I also see, and when people call and ask me a question, whether it's about an animal or the location of something or something's missing or a person is ill and they want to, you know, see some sort of origination of it. Do you see the movie like an all at once movie? The way I've tried to describe it to people is that it's like a total movie told in a split second, but you see all the scenes with all the information imparted in that instant. Yes, uh, it's it's very much like that. You know, um, <clears throat> there was a there was a friend of mine who was a shaman herself, and she called me bec- off because of her a client of her her husband was missing for two weeks, and she asked me to find him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I did. Um, I closed my eyes and I called my poem, and I and I did find him. Uh, laying down in in the Hudson River, mm-hmm. close to the Niagara Fall, uh, between the weed, the the reeds of, of um, on the other side of the, mm-hmm. of the of the fall, and uh, I described I described it as I was seeing it, uh, seeing it in a movie. Uh, it took them two weeks to find him in, wow. exact, in exactly the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it uh, I, I was connecting to that image or this story as if I was there right. seeing it exactly. um, in I my see own the same eyes. Way. That, I see exactly the same way. People say, well, and I work with my eyes open. When I close my eyes, I can't see. I get dizzy. So I have to work <laughs> with my eyes open and uh-huh. see the inner movie while my eyes are still looking out at the world. And um, people say, well, what's it like? I said, well, it's like you're standing in the scenery of the event that's happening, but it's not happening to you, your present observer. And they said, well, how does that work when it already happened or it's going to happen in the future? And I said, well, there you go. There's the beauty of non-locality. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and um, and I see many times with my eyes open, too. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it doesn't have to be either one or the other. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, sometimes um, messages comes with as with your eyes totally open, and, yeah. and it happened to me a lot. And if you read in the book, there's a lot of stories of that. Where my eyes were totally open, and and um, images of people are coming and and giving me messages uh, for the people who come for healing. Mm, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and the deceased, you know, and and I've talked about this for many many years with so many different guests about. 
when we open our heart to the all that is, um, our ancestors come, other people's ancestors come. And um, anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful life. And I think it's like, I'm so glad you're based in New York and a staff member, faculty member of the Open Center, because you make this something that's so accessible for people. And not everybody's going to go to the Amazon and do Ayahashka and try, you know, the plant medicine, but everybody can come read your book, The Gift of Shamanism, and and I think feel closer to some of the things that people like me and others like you have been talking about for so long. So I, I thank you for having taken the time to have written a book, and so glad to see John Perkins wrote the foreword. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful community of humans that are you know, yeah. merging together from the ancient past and the present and the future. So we're going to take a break, speaking of the present, and we'll be right back. Our guest is Itzhak Beery, B-E-R-Y. You can find him online, Itzhak, I-T-Z-H-A-K, Beery, B-E-E-R-Y.com. And, of course, we have links at 21stCenturyRadio.com. I'm Cassandra Beaton, President and CEO of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, sixth person to walk on the moon, at www.noetic.org. You're listening to 21st Century Radio with Zohara Hieronymus. Welcome back to 21st Century Radio. You remember that far out thing she reported where they discovered that if somebody practiced doing something after they had already done it, that it improved the outcome before they had practiced. It's so wild. It's like going to bed and making your bed the following day and discovering that you went to bed in a bed that was better because you made it the following day. I know it sounds strange, and I don't have time right now to fill it in for those that didn't listen, but she told us about these great programs and researches going on that are now international at IONS, and I encourage you all to visit their website. Currently with us is a wonderful man. He's written a beautiful Destiny 2015 book release, we share a publisher. I'm really thrilled about that. Go inner traditions all the way. Itzhak Beery is with us. His book, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahashka Dreams, and Journeys to Other Realms. So coming back to the work in The Gift of Shamanism, Itzhak, um, you talk a little bit about drumming and and Michael Harner's work of what's called core shamanism, using drumming. Can you talk to us about that? Well, the technique of uh, drumming or shamanic drumming or frame drumming it um, is really originated in um, Mongolia or in that part of the world, and it kind of came with uh, the, the people who came here to America. Um, it is uh, it's one way to um, to help the brain uh, enter into a trance or into um, uh, what we call the alpha state of um, of the brain. It's lower the uh, the brain waves in a way that uh, bring us into uh, a state that we all very familiar with when we are putting our head on the on the pillow, and we're not sure if we are awake or or in a dream state. We start to imagine, um, and that really that that's the shamanic state uh, of uh, the in between. Um, time, and but it's not necessarily you have to use a drum for for this particular for, to get into that state. You can use uh, rattles, you can use uh, rocks, and you can use um, any kind of instruments or 
even dancing and movement, movement to get into uh, to quiet down the mind and to go into deeper into that state of mind. And um, in the core shamanism, yes, they they use uh, the, the drumming with a certain uh, type, uh, certain beat of 160 to 180 drum per minute, and that brings you into that uh, dreaming state. When you work with people, because you're also a healing practitioner, yes. um, share with us how your training in the various indigenous practices makes it possible now when people come to see you with their various um, challenges, what it is you're able to do. Well, depend on depend on what uh, they come for. Um, some people come because of their emotional um, or some problems some come come because they are not sure about the direction of their life uh, some people uh, have physical problems uh, and but in our way of looking at it uh, physical problems are really manifestation of either emotional or spiritual um, uh, problems so <clears throat> I work with them in in the, in, the, in some of them in the core shamanism with drumming and working with spirit and power animals but a lot of the time I do La Limpia, which is uh, a cleansing ceremony that I, was, um, that I learned from my teacher, from uh, a Quechua uh, Yachak from uh, the, the high Andes of Ecuador. And that is uh, um, <clears throat> a, a, a ceremony to remove negative energy and rebalancing and reconnect the body and the soul and spirit into the, uh, the whole of the universe. And they feel more connected, and a lot of the time, um, many of the problems resolve this way. Mm-hmm. And people will often describe, you know, coming out of sessions like this, of of feeling lighter, that something has shifted so yes. um, almost, you know, that I've even talked with people who have been in therapy for a long time, and then they go and work with a shamanic healer, and they go, wow, we did in two hours what I haven't done in 10 years. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and because, talk to us a bit about um, emotions and negative emotions, our own emotions, not just the people around us, not just the things we see in the news or hear on TV or read in books, but what our own emotions do to our energy, energy body? Well, <clears throat> uh, emotions is, um, um, in, in, in every human body, we have the four elements. We have the uh, the air, which is on the, the the head area. We have the uh, the water, which is the uh, the the chest and the digestive system, the torso, and then we have the fire, which is the area of um, <clears throat> of our sexual energy, or the nina, it's the sacred fire, and then we have our legs that are connect us to the earth. In this, in this healing uh, modality or the, the Andes or the Inca tradition, in order for us to be able to control the water, we need to be able to, be, to have a strong legs, a strong connection to the earth, and we need to have our fire work or ignite, mm-hmm. have passion. And when, when, the, when, you have a, when people have connect, strong connection to the earth, to their roots, then the fire can start burning, and that bring in the emotions um, into their place, into the right place. They have a connection to it. And when, 
<clears throat> most of our people in our society lives in two worlds, in the upper worlds, in the, the air world and in the water, mm-hmm. water uh, world. Um, the fire is usually not very strong in our society. Uh, people don't live with their passion and they don't live uh, with their connection to the earth. And um, that creates emotional problems mm-hmm. uh, because water needs container and they need a way to, uh, to contain and understand them. Um, and so in this healing system, we are trying to reconnect a person into the earth to ignite the fire, passion, creativity, the life-giving forces of each person, and that bring a positive emotional um, emotional state to the person. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said. And, you know, we've talked so much about different um, therapeutics over the decades on the program and about the elements, and it's just so beautiful that all traditions around the world come back to the same basics of we're made of, what the earth is made of, what all <laughs> elements are made of, and that's one of the reasons there's such natural resonant rapport between our consciousness and that of a plant or our consciousness and that of a mineral or our consciousness and that of an animal. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I get all this shamanistic stuff and they've got jaguars and they've got all kinds of creepy snakes and this and that. But I live in suburbia where there's dogs and cats and maybe some Mm -hmm. alley rats. How does a human know what their animal is and do your animals change? Well, um, there are many different uh, thoughts about that. Um, some believe that um, every person, uh, as as he as he come into this world, already have these spirits uh, uh, ushering him or guiding him. Um, many children, when they are born, they they are very much in touch with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a way of. Uh, of retrieving a power animal or spirit guide, and that um, using uh, drumming or rattling to to meet that uh, entity. Some people think that these entities are uh, the fruit of our imagination, and uh, they are something that we make up. Uh, that also could be a possibility, but in my case, uh, since I see spirits like that when I do workshop, uh, I do see those power animals um, hovering um, above these people. Mm-hmm. So for me, these power animals are real, and they are here to teach us what we need and um, or what the quality that we have in ourselves, and they. They could be temporarily, they could come for, for, for a short time, or they can be lifelong. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, have, some people, like me, have more than just one, um, and we work with them according to what the needs that we have at this particular moment or with a particular client. Right, right. And, you know, it's so interesting because asking the right question 
is really the foundation. And I I always bring this up and people go, oh, you make it sound so simple. And I say, you know, the truth is, it really is. Once, <laughs> once you have faith that what you're seeing has meaning. Okay, so people argue, well, is it real in the real sense or is it imagination in the imaginary sense? And I said, where do you think everything comes from? It all comes from the imaginal realm. So we go from creation and then we have formation and then we have action. And above that is, you know, the divine. So when you um, work with individuals, what are some techniques maybe that some of our audience could do for themselves that like helps them, you know, reach some of these places where they can trust the images they get when they're at the grocery store standing next to somebody who's saying, I'm really sad and I'm out of money, and then they can turn around and offer to help pay for part of their groceries? Well, um, well, it, to answer that question about the grocery, I think that what we are really trying to do is to open people's hearts mm-hmm. or co- reconnect the connection between the mind and the heart. Because you can feel the pain of that person in in the line in the grocery store, but from there to to have the action of, of, of assisting or helping or supporting that person, that's a different step. And so, um, first of all, listening to, to that play is one thing, and then the action is the next. And, that, mm-hmm. and, and it can only happen if your heart is open and it's connected to your mind. Now, what can they do at home? Yeah. Um, first of all, speak to your plants, speak to your, to your trees, hug them, uh, close your eyes, see what images come and what messages comes to you, drum, rattle, bring those spirits and spirit guides to speak to you. But I think that what happened, helped me a lot was that I verified the messages that I get mm-hmm. with the, the people that I get the messages for. So if I have a dream about a person, or if I have a thought about a visual about a person, or deja vu, or I call them and find out if that's true. Right. And many times I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I'm not. But... Uh, but the act of verifying is giving you the confidence that what you see is meaningful to you and for that person that you see. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so interesting because when one works in a sense of really divine altruism, which Buddhism and all the traditions really speak to eventually of our our highest good self <laughs> um, is is that then we really can hear what everything needs that we come in relationship to, and then we have a capacity to help elevate every situation we find ourselves in. And I agree with you entirely, Itzhak, about the confirmation and the practicing and um, keeping a journal and and yeah. not judging and not diminishing and not saying, oh, I got it wrong. It's, it's really not about right and wrong. It's about refining one's ability to interpret what one sees and feels. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and that takes courage. Yeah. 
uh, the courage to be to be seen as a fool. Yeah. Uh, the courage, but you see, this courage we already had as children. When we are children, we don't have that filter. We say what we feel. We say what we see. We we whatever comes to us as as a, I mean, if you have children and grandchildren, you see that they are living in a whole connection to the universe. They're not shy of, of expressing themselves. Yeah. That, that's what we want to get back to, to remember that place of innocence. And that place of innocence is what the reverie, the, the, when you start to reconnect to the magnificent world that we are living in, in the magical, beautiful world. Agree entirely. If you're just joining us, Itzhak Beery is our guest. Itzhak, I-T-Z-H-A-K, Beery, B-E-R-Y dot com. His book, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahashka Dreams, and Journey to Other Realms. It's a Destiny 2015 release. Hello, I'm John Perkins, author of many books, including Confessions of an Economic Hitman, www.johnperkins.org. And you're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, one of my very favorite people and a person who's spreading light around the world, who's really opening us up to the new changes in consciousness that we're experiencing at this incredible time in human history. And my hat's off to Dr. Zohara Hieronymus and all that she's doing. She not only represents freedom of the press, but she also represents this new wave of waking up to new consciousness that's going to create a sustainable, just, peaceful world that's thriving for all sentient beings. Keep listening. Hi, I'm Zoe Hieronymus, inviting you to read my new book, White Spirit Animals, Prophets of Change. Explore the power and wisdom of sacred white spirit animals, which are held sacred by indigenous cultures and are part of shamanic traditions worldwide. The white spirit bear, lion, elephant, wolf, and buffalo are apex guardians of complex ecosystems. Learn why they must all be protected and what wisdom teachings they share. Discover how dream telepathy with nature, animals, and each other can be used for positive transformation in the world today. Read White Spirit Animals, Prophets of Change, and find more online at www.whitespiritanimals.com. That's www.whitespiritanimals.com. Hello, I'm John Perkins, author of many books, including Confessions of an Economic Hitman, www.johnperkins.org, and you're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, one of my very favorite people and a person who's spreading light around the world. I encourage you all to follow up after the program with Itzhak Beery at his website, www.itzhakbeery.com. So Itzhak, coming back to, this is a very radical transformation of a lifetime. You go from advertising and art and being a family man and living in New York and doing what you do, and then all of a sudden, boom, off to the Amazon, off to the Andes. You come back trained, you're a shaman. Well, it's a it's a process of uh, twenty years. Right. It's not it's not happening all at once. Right. And I think that that uh, many people ha- also have to um, take this in account. Uh, it's nothing going to happen all at once. You know, it, there's no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You really have to go through initiation. You you have to go through the training. You have to learn 
a lot to uh, to be able to do that. And that's not to discourage people, but you know, uh, when I the first year when I started to do that, I thought I know everything. Um, the more you go deeper into this work, um, you really understand that you don't know much. Uh, yeah. that, that you're actually on a training, and this training is a lifetime training. Exactly. I'm glad you say that because, you know, there's so many workshops, shaman this, shaman that, people hang a shingle, they go for, I joke, they go for a weekend workshop and they come back high priest of shamanism. And it's like, give us a break, folks. And you're right, because it also can be dangerous. And I don't mean to scare people, but when you go into other dimensions, there are agents of good and there are agents that don't necessarily um, have our best intentions, our best welfare at heart. They have other energetics and it's not really a judgment of good or bad. It's just different pathways for different beings. Yes. And, and you all talk about the worlds, that there's a lower world, a middle world, middle world, and an upper world. Maybe you can just briefly touch on it, and then I want to talk about the New York Shamanic Circle and the other yes. work you do. Okay. Well, um, in every shamanic culture, uh, we l- look at the cosmology as, in, as a three levels of realities or consciousness, uh, the upper world, middle world, and lower world, and each one of them has different energies or different uh, symbol, symbolism that um, really help us to make sense of our own world. Um, the upper world is represented mas- masculine forces, they're represented by the sun and the other entities, the stars. And the middle world is the world that we actually experience in all our five senses. And the lower world is the world of passion, creativity, and it's the feminine world, like the Pachamama, the Mother Earth um, world. But all, all of these three worlds are having one thing in common. It's, it's a dream. It's energy dream. Uh, and if, if you talk to John Perkins, uh, you probably know that he got this message from the Amazonian people there that the world is we, as we dream it. Mm-hmm. What we dream come true, right. or we manifest the dream. And the, the whole idea of John's beautiful and important work is to change the, the way our society dreams our own dream what we are um, manifesting in our reality, and we can change that. Um, what you said about the, the danger of uh, the shamanic work, um, there, there are different entities, uh, evil spirits and, um, and other entities that are roaming around in this world, um, and I'm very familiar with that because I work with people who possess, are possessed and I do extraction work. Um, my great grandfather, who was a Kabbalistic rabbi in uh, in Poland, um, uh, worked with that too. Uh, as 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 I find out uh, only a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it maybe it's a, a family trait <laughs> that yeah. we are we are working on. Yeah, uh, but it is a is a is a very familiar. Uh, subject that in in many of the cultures uh, we all know, and people who do start on this work um, sometimes get surprised, and they need to really learn how to handle um, working with these entities. 
Exactly. As I say to somebody, if you're a little person, you walk down the street and there's a 250 pounder, you don't go punch him in the face. You know, and the well, same thing. Well, you can try, other... <laughs> but let's see what happens. <laughs> right. But it's like as above, so below. If you want to know something about the spiritual realm, look at the physical realm. And if you want to know something about the physical realm, look at the spiritual realm. They really do operate in very similar fashions, only the spiritual realm is much quicker. Things manifest very fast, as soon as instantaneous. So, yes, and you, you really have to learn how to, to handle that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I really uh, applaud people who go to workshops and teachings because this is a, a, a very nice, great entrance into this work and the enthusiasm, um, which I shared with them when I started, yeah, um, it's it's beautiful because you you discover dimensions that you never thought possible. But, exactly, uh, and and and, and it's you, so helpful. I mean, you become a helpful person to your family, to your community. Whether it's just when somebody says, "I lost my cat," and instantly you see a picture in their you know quarter mile away in a tree, and you can say, "I see them; they're right around the corner." That actually happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. but And that's what, and women, because they have extra bina, as we say in Hebrew, extra understanding or extra yes. intuition, it's a little more natural for women to do this. But the big thing for all of us, as the late Ingo Swan used to say, who did the protocols for remote viewing, it's not judging what we see. It's, it's not trying to determine what it is as much as just observing. Exactly. Uh, receiving. Just be, become a... a a great receiver becoming a great tool, mm-hmm. not uh, with no opinions. Right, yeah. exactly. And so we're gonna. I don't want to run out of time without talking sure. about this wonderful um, creation, the New York Shamanic Circle. What is this, and what do you do? Well, when I came back from the Amazon the first time um, on the trip with John Perkins, um, I had, you know, very. Uh, very significant experiences in the Amazon, in the, Sh- the Shuar people, doing ayahuasca, and then um, healing work in with in the Andes. And um, I came back, and I I was my, my whole sense of reality changed. So I took a workshop in in here in the New York Open Center, and the, the group of people who were um, doing this workshop decided to continue to do this work. And we, decided, we in 1997, we came up with a group of people coming together once a week to, to drum, to, to do journey work. And that now is 18 years later. Um, mm-hmm. we, are, we are still going strong. Um, and um, beside that, we opened up our activities to many people in and around New York. Uh, we have different... Uh, circles. We have women's circle, we have healing circles, we, we had film circles, the music circle, and we have a once a month, we have a big open circle to everybody to come, and it's a, all of these activities are by donations, so people come whatever, mm-hmm. pay whatever they can. And, um, and uh, once a month, we have a big workshop where we're inviting uh, other shamans from different parts of the world to come and teach different shamanic work. So we, we and some of these workshops are, are done by our own co-group right. members. It's beautiful. So we, we have a, a big community of over 2,500 people wow. in New York City that uh, are, pract- are regularly practicing uh, shamanic work. And um, 
Once a year, we have a big event in uh, October, uh, the Shamani Gathering uh, in Central Park, and we have three or 400 people coming every year uh, with guests, shamans from all over the world. So we're really trying to bring the connection of, to the earth to the biggest capitalist city in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it still has this wonderful park in the center of Manhattan, and there is green life in Brooklyn, and there's water all around it. So there's exactly. still the nature spirits that are there to bless. As they say, it's on a um, uh, latitude of chesed, actually, I think, as I recall. Exactly. You can go to shaman portal, S-H-A-M-A-N portal.org to learn more about that. What haven't we touched on that you'd like to be sure we do before we say good evening? Well, I wanted to say that the, the, the book that I wrote, I wrote it in the tradition of the shamanic tradition of storytelling, because, as you said in the very beginning of this uh, broadcast, that uh, many people write books about shamanism that try to to show how much they know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to show how much I know. All I want to do is share my experiences and through my experiences to encourage people to, to experience their own and to validate their own experiences and to, to take them to a, to a new journey, to a new experience, to be open to that uh, possibility. And that's the way shamanic healing or shamanic teachings usually pass through stories. And so those... Um, those are very. It, it's written in a very simple um, language without any big words, <laughs> um, and uh, it really shows the, the 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 validity of this practice of the shamanic practice um, in today's the digital age society. And I think that it is so important for us to do this work because as we are armed with uh, iPhones and iPads and all this digital equipment, our world becomes smaller and smaller uh, on one flat screen, and um, our sensory is deprived. No we question really have about to, it. Uh, to, to go out in nature to, to feel to, and, and to really uh, validate our own birthrights of, uh, of our six senses. Exactly. And so that these great gifts of the creator don't atrophy, which is one of the concerns many of us have alive today about future generations. You, you've you just done a beautiful job, Itzhak, and I want to thank you. I know you have a book signing going on in New York and you're doing a book <laughs> tour, and I'm just so happy about that. The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahashka Dreams, and Journey to Other Realms. It's a Destiny Book 2015 release. Follow up with Itzhak at Itzhak, I-T-Z. Z-H-A-K-B-E-R-Y B-E-E-R-Y dot com also shamanportal.org and 21st21stcenturyradio.com 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Cortner our engineer is Anita Brockington and I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus